Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast, where you can get real, honest opinions about films that are opening in your theaters soon, and every once in a while, an older film as well. So stay tuned. Enjoy what you're hearing. Don't forget to like us and follow us on social media at VS Movie Podcast. You know how all that works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, Mark here. Welcome back to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. I have a very special guest tonight. Uh, I've been over in his neck of the woods. He's returning the favor this evening. It's Chris from the Cult Film Companion Podcast. How are you doing today, Chris? Doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm I'm looking forward to this one because, uh, you know, the, the nature of my show, I don't get to talk about recent movies too often. So the, this is a treat for me. Yeah, well, this one this one's not too recent, which is nice. No. but it's not. But it's not really a cult film either. Way uh, too mainstream for my. Way uh, too mainstream, and that film, of course, is uh, one of Denis Villeneuve's early films, early English films. Because he is French Canadian, you know. Uh, Sicario, which I had never watched. Really? Uh, which I just so everyone knows where we're starting from here. I, I was go- I wanted to return the favor and get you on the show, and you said, "What do you want to talk about?" So I grabbed a chunk from back there that you can't right. quite see off camera, a chunk of of movies, and I sent you a picture. I said, "Pick one," and you went, "Ooh, Sicario!" Yes, uh, um, and I was like, "Cause because I own it." knowing I need to watch it, having meant to watch it, which is why I bought it. And I was happy you did because like, now I can't not watch it. I have no excuses. Nothing can jump in the way. Yeah. We have to talk about Sicario. So I had to watch Sicario. Um, because hey, it's Josh Brolin, Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro, and Denny Villeneuve. And I don't, I haven't met anyone that hates the film. So I'm like, okay, I, I get it. You know, he's made... So here's the thing. I I can easily, as a film fan, I can easily differentiate between what a director's best movie is and opposed to my favorite of his. Right. Now, I would argue, and I I think a lot of people would say Dune, I'm going to say Sicario is his best movie. That's, that's... Okay, so here's the deal. Let's let's talk about it. let's let's run okay. let's run through. Okay, so so the English language films. He made right. his he made his you know he made his name, and then he got to come do the big films in in the English. Um, let's talk about those. Prisoners, love it. Great film. Enemy, not my, for everyone. No, and good I, film, not for everyone. That's my see. That's weird because that's my personal favorite of his. There's something there's something about that movie. There's something about Jake Gyllenhaal's performances. Um, yes. Not since Jeremy Irons in Dead Ringers have I seen an actor portray um, brothers. Well, yeah, I mean, the same person, 
ostensibly the same person. Right. Um, but yeah, he like those are the mo- those are the two, and well, I they- know that enemy is one that people don't get. It's and- you know it's easy to throw that one out, but let's <laughs> so there goes pr- uh, prisoners, enemy, Sicario, right, arrival, yep, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Dune, and on tap he's got Dune Part Two, he's right. got Cleopatra down the road which I think is the one with Gal Gadot. So I don't know. She wants that film really bad. That's, a, that's perhaps a subject for another time. She might um, be the only one that wants that film really bad. Well, with her in the role. Well, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, I mean, so he's got a chunk of films. Now, if you wanted to ask me, I, my favorite of those. Yes. Yeah. What's probably Arrival. Arrival is brilliant. I love Arrival. And I think by a, Hair, it's a better film than Sicario. Mm. And, and I think, and we're going to get into. I'll, I'll tell you why. Let, let's let's talk about Sicario. Let's talk about what sure. Sicario is. First. Just, I, I don't know if you're aware. It, it comes up in the opening text, but for those of people that are not aware, Sicario referred initially to um, back to the Ro- I think the, like the Romans and the Greeks. Um, it was it was warriors that would go and track down the people that were were entering their and trying to conquer other yes. lands. But I do believe that Sicario now refers to in Spanish is Hitman. Hitman. So, yes, that's where they, they where they finish it up. Right. Uh, that that intro. So yeah. So they go from like vengeful warrior type definition. I don't remember the exact phrasing of it, but it mm-hmm. is really good. Uh, and then now it's just generally kind of accepted to mean Hitman. Uh, but what it is, what 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 the film is about, let's plot. Emily Blunt is FBI agent um, who specializes in hostage rescue. Kidnapping, I believe. Yeah, kidna- kidnapping. Kidna- you're right. Kidnapping. Kidnapping recovery. Um, she works on the southern border um, dealing with human trafficking. So finding people that have been trafficked and, and, and getting them, you know, rescued and whatnot. Um, she's approached after a one of the most horrific crime scenes ever uh that you don't see any crime at really but the crime scene is just so incredibly impressive and i don't want to ruin it yet no um she's approached by her superiors and josh roland to work with a multi-jurisdiction or multi-agency task force mm-hmm. um i i've been in the government for wow long time 30 30 plus years and anytime you get multi something that means nobody wants responsibility for it uh, multi-agency, multi, multi, whatever, you know, it does not matter. Multi-service, somebody, nobody wants to be the fall guy. Well, because so, that way, you know, you can't you point can one finger. Point You've got to point like all fingers on your hands at all the different people that have their, have their yeah. mitts in the pot. Yeah. So, so yeah, they, they want her to help them deal with the smuggling issue. Um, and, they don't lie to her necessarily about what they're doing. She asks, what are we actually doing? And he goes, I can't even remember how he said, we're going to basically says, we're going to fuck some shit up. Something like we're going to make, we're going to shake the tree and see what comes out. He has a lot of different, very vague generic answers that like he's prepared. He's like, we're just going to make a lot of noise and see who like, you know, who's going to raise an eyebrow about it. Um, I, I will say this though. I know you haven't seen the second movie. Um, so 
both these movies, the biggest difference is it's not Denis Villeneuve did not direct uh, Day the Soldado, and Emily Blunt doesn't return. Um, but the other cast, Josh Brolin and Benicio del Toro, who I would say that I know that she gets top billing for Sicario and she's excellent in this role, mm-hmm. but this is Benicio's movie. It is. You, you can make an argument that it's Brolin's, but it really is Del Toro's. Well, you know, the first couple times I watched it, I'm like, I was really invested with um, Emily Blunt's character. And then I was like, Josh Brolin, when he's not chewing gum, I get it. He's like the the government agent who's seen right. it all. But there's a couple right. of scenes where he's literally chewing gum throughout the entire time. It's very distracting. But he has some excellent, excellent scenes. But upon this final, this this last rewatch that I did last night, I, this, I was like, this is this is Benicio's movie. Um, yeah. Any scene he is in, um, he, you know, he's not the first character introduced. He comes in, you know, about 20 minutes into the movie or so. Yep. Um, but he's the one and the emotional toll that the entire movie takes upon people is. Um, it's I don't know. It's just kind of summed up in this this final the final scene between him and Emily Blunt and he gets to shine even more. I don't. So it's interesting to me because she's brought in as a, you know, for the kidnapping strategy, right. uh, Sicario, the first one deals with drug smuggling. Um, day of the Soldado delves more into human trafficking, which are kind of intrinsically linked. I mean, yeah. those cartels, those cartels are kind of ruthless for their um, for their styles and what they what they perpetrate. So you know, oh, yeah. it, it's not a big surprise to me that they instead of doing you know, it's still the same task force. Um, they're still dealing with the cartels, but the focus is more so on the human trafficking end, whereas the original Sicario is much more about drug trafficking and. There's something for for someone that doesn't like too much politics in their movies, especially which something that's kind of hyped up in the trailer kind of makes this seem like it's a it's an action movie. And don't get me wrong. There are action scenes. Oh, yeah. This is much more of a it's much more of a human drama. Um, The fact that they they did something risky, which is to humanize or they being the the filmmakers the filmmakers i think well i think it it all comes down to this is a great screenplay and i had to go back and check and i i completely forgot uh this is taylor sheridan who did hell or high water um he wrote that which is excellent and he did a movie called wind river starring jeremy renner and um elizabeth olsen Thank you. Um, that that was his the first time that he directed any of his scripts, and I think he's involved in Yellowstone. But he's he's one of these screenwriters that he's just got this this very original, unique take on yep. on crime and law enforcement. And I, I mean, something like Wind River is much smaller compared to something like Sicario, which I mean, this we're was talking. his first script, by the way. Was it? Yep. Sicario. He came out of the gate with Sicario. Okay, right. Here's here's wow. his here's his writing credits. <laughs> Ready? Sicario, Hell of right. High Water, Wind River, Day of Soldado, 
Last Cowboy Without Remorse, Those Who Wish Me Dead. And that one wasn't that good. There's a miss. Then he wrote some TV and now he's on Yellowstone. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so he came out Sicario, Hell or High Water, Wind River. I mean, geez. Right? I mean that that's that's a resume right there. You could have Prisoner's Enemy there. Sicario. I'm just saying that's, I, that's yeah. It's a nice I, nice double trifecta. I was gonna say the 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 matching of these two, it it just goes to show that someone like Denis Villeneuve is such a versatile director. I mean, just the the movies that you just listed are couldn't be more different. Nope. Um. I mean, there are similar elements. They're all very. I, I, I admittedly have not seen Dune because uh, sci-fi is not really my bag, um, and I'm still recovering from David Lynch's Dune. That I, 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 I yeah, that's, a, that's a guilty pleasure. But again, that's that's an <laughs> argument for another day, right? But his versatility as a director, look, just I mean, the human drama, the of of prisoners, the mm-hmm. complete existential Kafka-esque mind journey that is enemy, enemy. that is again my favorite uh but that's you know I, I i i might be biased for some reason i just like these kinds of movies that make you kind of think okay. and i know that when people get to the ending of, if you haven't seen enemy um it's not the most shocking final scene in a movie i've ever seen it is probably the most confusing using exactly the word i was going to use <laughs> um definitely 100%. did you see the black phone yet i haven't i've heard nothing but good things it's good um, things it's good things go watch it um, um but yeah no but yeah vilna he's so and then you know then he rolls into sci-fi you know with arrival, arrival right 2049 dune i withhold judgment on dune not because lynch's version is a guilty pleasure but because it's half a movie yeah uh, that's smart that was my biggest complaint when i came out and everyone's like yeah, it's a great movie i go it's a great half a movie uh, I, th- I think my plan for dune is that i will wait just because it's not something that it's really that i'm kind of like scratching no. at the door to really get it at, wait, wait for I, the, I, double, the double box set 4k special editions i'm gonna uh, watch i want to see the full story um yeah. I'm just that kind of person, so yeah. But he ma- but he makes beautiful movies, so absolutely that's actually really nice. And that, even that shows up in here. I mean, it's shot in El Paso and Juarez, um, or it's about El Paso and Juarez. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even the filthiest, nastiest, most violent things that are going on are just impeccably shot. The 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 the, the, the cells are are wonderfully composed. Um, the lighting is great. Uh, and then he gets these performances out of these actors and gets them to plumb. And you're right. All of his, all of his movies, even 2049, they all come down to the people. They do. Um, and for something like you would think something like Sicario dealing with drug cartels and drug trafficking and, you know, American governments trying to, to combat that or something like a sequel to Blade Runner where yeah. the first Blade Runner does have a, is, is a lot more action to me, what I really like about Villeneuve's films are that you get to sit with these characters in scenes that another director might have cut or not even shot. Right. And you he doesn't the, rush through anything. He doesn't. And I think that's kind of why 
some people gave Blade Runner 2049 the cold shoulder um, because it's well, not. It's a, it's a fine line between between, you know, purpose and dragging. Um, he's always he, he tends to be very purposeful. But if you don't like that sort of thing, then, yes, it kind of drags. Um, Which is, I think, why I like Enemy the best, because of all that, that seems to be the tightest of his movies, pacing wise, and I probably I'm guessing lengthwise too. Probably, um, but go, just Sicario. Oh like my he, god! Yeah, Enemy is a is a brisk ninety one minutes. Right. Um, <laughs> so I was oh going to say, god. yeah, Prisoners is two and a half. But and this you, is. And, and, all I will say about pri- Prisoners earns its runtime. Like that that movie's. Yeah. Um. If you're going to look up intense movies in the dictionary, I think you're going to see something like Prisoners and you're going to see Good Time by the Safdie Brothers. Those are two of the most intense movies that I've seen. The thing with Sicario that I just loved that I kind of realized while sitting when I was watching it is that it's purposefully very vague on plot and on what the actual mission of of this is they they very wisely introduce us to Emily Blunt she's she we go with her into this journey to the with this government agency she's given very very vague general knowledge she's fed information they kind of know the the buzzwords that are going to get her on board yep. and we're not doing spoil we're not doing spoilers right uh, we can do whatever we want, man. The movie's been okay. out since 2015. Okay, so I'm just going to say, the real reason that she's on this task force, when you find out, you feel yeah, We don't have to her say it, but that's a, that's a, I mean, and, and, and he doesn't hide it. Once, once he, once Josh Brolin has to tell her why she is there, he does not mince words at no. all. You are here for X, Y, and Z, and, and that it, is why you are here. And it's so funny because her and I, 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 I'm going to butcher his last name, so I'm not even going to attempt it. Daniel, it starts with a K, I think. Oh, yeah. He's a British actor of all things. Doesn't yes, he is. <laughs> um, He's an Academy who, Award winning British Brilliant actor. actor. Yes. Uh, ever since I, Get Out, I mean, he just stole that movie, but he is excellent in this movie. And the fact that him and Emily Blunt basically no word for word the reason why they're like the cia cannot operate in this in this capacity cia is not is not chartered for domestic intervention yeah the cia cannot operate on american soil right unless never says i work for the cia he never yeah but once he he works for another agency that's right that is what she is told he works for another agency so yeah uh, but yeah, it's, it, it, he just slaps her with it at the end when he just says, blah, and he goes, may we continue? Right. He basically is what he says. Can we go now <laughs> to yeah. go back to what they're doing and yeah. what they're actually doing or why they're operating? That's when you really start getting into the politics of stuff. Right. And a lot of people might. I, well, I can't remember what movie I was talking about the other day. I was talking about vengeance with Ryan the other day when we were, when we recorded our review of that. And I said, I speak, I speak fluent liberal and conservative, 
because I don't lock myself into any news. So, so my personal views aside, I can watch every movie and I can go, liberals are going to love that and liberals are going to hate that and conservatives are going to love that and conservatives are going to hate that. And I can tell you exactly what each one's going to complain about or think is real or what, you know, I can, I can, I already know all the crap I'm going to see on the internet. I already right. know what it's going to be. And, it's, and I'm just like, and I'm just trying to watch a movie. Can I watch a movie? That'd be great. Right. And this one, it's like, this is, this is the one that, that shows how evil the government is, but only if it's a government that's not in our control, our control. He said, there's air quotes for the people listening. Um, cause you know, cause if, if anything's okay, if we're in charge, right. But if, and, and that applies both foreign and domestically. If we air quotes are in charge, then it, then, eh, it, it's sad, but it has to be done. But if they do it, quote unquote, nah, nah, no, that just can't be done. So you watch this movie and there's a lot of that, but then you see, and here's the thing, the pragmatist in me totally agrees with what Josh Brolin is doing. It's like, you can't, you can't fight a Hydra. No, you can't it, fight that Hydra. And that's what they're trying to stop. When you're, when you're a nemesis or your enemy in this, in this line of work is fighting the dirt, like dirtiest player in the game, will do anything. You, you, you're not, you're gonna, you're not gonna win this battle. I mean, it, it be, if you're gonna be fight, if you're gonna be fighting clean, and if you want to fight by the rules, because they have no rules. No, um, and, and that's established at the beginning in that beautiful crime scene. It is. It's uh, it's beautifully horrific. Um, yes, it is. It's. Yeah, it's one of those things that will stick with you, and you don't you see just enough. And I actually yeah. think you get more from the dialogue, especially what I think what the attorney general comes in and asks uh, uh, how many bodies were found in this cartel house, yeah. and they were like, "Well, there's 15 in the hallway, 20 in the bedroom, and we haven't even opened the attic or the crawl space." space yet. Yet. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, wow, it's it's and and that it's just so matter of factly said by the poor crime scene guy. In his right. little Tyvek suit, you know, with his clipboard, you know, it's just, but right, you know, yeah. And so, so yeah, I'm not advocating for a clandestine invasion south of the border, right? But for terms of the film, it's like, yeah, you know, they have a point. Uh, you know, it's that's it's it's, it's there, you know, there's a thing, there's a there's a part of there's a part of war that if you're going to fight a war, be it a conventional landmass they want my my natural resources or whatever war or a war to stop something to just defend you need if you're not fighting to win you're fighting to lose absolutely and, and that is that is the philosophy that that brolin is he's embodying that he's he's the tip of that spear in he's scenario. so it's interesting because we get these three different personalities put together we got brolin who's the very kind of i'll do whatever it takes kind of guy if i gotta bend some rules and occasionally break the rules so He's be it results oriented he is and he knows what's going to get results emily blunt is kind of this idealist fish out of water who's brought in only yep. so uh all the paperwork they can dot all the i's and cross all the t's very process oriented for all you management students out there right. um, and then we get the wild card in benicio del toro he's the contract spe- he's the subject matter expert 
He's all yeah, and he's also this kind of agent of chaos that the gov- U.S. government knows that they kind of need because he has. And you actually get much. I think that the, the two movies work very well together because you get to see more of his character come out. But we find out through other. Good. I need to watch that then. If, um, if, if Roland and him are back, then yes, I'll go they on are. And, watch and, and um, Taylor Sheridan did do the screenplay again, so it's the same. I would just say that um, she did. It, it, it just kind of happens with sequels. I, I mean, there's I can count on one hand the amount of sequels that have surpassed the original. Right. So, it, but as far as a nice companion piece. Uh, Dave the Soldado works very well, but we find out that um, I believe he was a lawyer. I think he was a lawyer for the cartel. Yeah, we find, yeah in the first, yeah, in the first, right. Movie, he was movie. a lawyer for the cartel, and something happened, and they decapitated his wife and threw his daughter into a barrel of acid. Um, yeah, we don't see any of this, but it's just, it's kind of the frank glibness of the way Brolin delivers this dialogue because he's very, he's very no nonsense. Yeah. He doesn't sugarcoat. Yeah. Do do, do you know, he kind of reminds me of, we're talking about it uh, is uh, if you've ever watched uh, Serenity with the Firefly movie. I have, but it's been Uh, years. He's very much the operative. Okay. You know, Josh Brolin understands that things need to be done. Somebody has to do them. And he's that guy and he just kind of accepts that role and moves through it uh and and i like that a lot and there's so many there's so many little things in this movie like there's a shot where she's trying to like she's waiting outside with her partner um and all these people are talking this interagency meeting about this task force and you know near the beginning yeah right and they're gonna and then she happens to notice that Josh Brolin is wearing sandals. Yeah. Everyone else in this uh, sitting around this table is suit and tie, very you know, dressed to the nine. Yeah, he's got he's got like dusty cargo pants, flip flops, and uh, a t shirt with me, maybe like a Hawaiian shirt over it, a yeah, faded ratty out Hawaiian shirt or something. Cat, he's got like cargo, sh- yeah, cargo yeah. shorts on. He you know he could tell that he just came off an airplane. This is a guy that sleeps on airplanes, probably has no place to call home. Um, that yeah. just, but you can tell the fact that all these higher ups are sitting around the table, and no one has scoffed or said anything about this guy's the dress code. That this is somebody important, and it's clever filmmaking like that where another director or another screenwriter might hit you over the head with it. Yeah. Um, but it's just a subtle shot of her looking into the the boardroom and noticing that he's wearing these beat up ratty sandals that you probably got a walmart or target or something and you just it's like the subtle things like that and the um the inference of waterboarding you don't see it but it's heavily inferred but it's it's a bit in the news enough and they could have you don't know what's going to happen you haven't been paying attention right yeah. I mean, you get a, it's it's very uncomfortable that, well, that it's scene. uncomfortable because Benicio del Toro's just he's having a drink from the water cooler in the hallway, and then the other guy, the one guy, comes out, talks to him for a second. He makes some snide or rude comment. Right, the guy leaves and he throws his cup away and he just grabs the full five gallon jug or ten gallon jug, whatever those things are, off the floor and starts walking toward the interrogation room. And then the so guy says, "Thirsty." Yeah, he goes. The guy goes. Well, well, well he, 
and then he the the other guy's about to follow Benicio in, and he says, "No, it's better that you you have no knowledge about yep. what's about to happen." And you see the one guy leave the interrogation room and With turn the off the video off. cameras yep. off. And Benicio pulls the biggest power move I think I've ever seen. This guy is bound, tied to a chair, and he walks up. He's almost straddling him like he's going to give him a lap dance. His uh, crotch is basically in this guy's feet. This is like a power move like I've never seen before. (laughs) You're just like, that's an act of dominance right there. That's like, that's that's the the dog and the, the, you know, that's the dog that runs this park kind of thing. it's just, I, there's so much unseen that is just, you have to infer through dialogue and through what happens that behavior, um, behavior is huge in, yes, in yes. Denny's films. Uh, you look at them all. It's what people are doing. No one has to say anything. I don't have to explain what I'm doing. You watch a guy walk around. You will learn a lot watching someone walk around their apartment or their house. Um, I'm right. sure someone, someone could psychoanalyze me to death watching me walk around his house. Oh, people would have a field day if there was hidden KFC. I don't know yeah. if the people <laughs> watching me in my apartment talking to myself and watching bizarre YouTube videos. This poor, poor man. Right. <laughs> but uh, but no, so you learn a lot. And so, yeah, it's just as long as you're being observant, you learn a lot. Right. Uh, this is not a movie that you want to just have on in the background. None of his movies are. You mean, no. I mean. Because I mean, the, the effort he put into making them beautiful to watch demands that you watch them. Right. Um, so, yeah, I had forgotten, actually, uh, that, that Daniel uh, Kaluuya was in this. Um, and Victor Garber is in this. Another mm-hmm. solid character actor. Um, one of my favorites, by the way, and I'm going to throw him a shout out here because he was in another spy series. And that's Jeffrey Donovan, who doesn't get nearly enough enough screen time in this. Uh, he was in Burn Notice. Um, he's 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 the guy with the mustache and the car, right? Yep. The no-nonsense kind of guy who makes, like, really... Bad. Tasteless jokes, bad, yes. bad, tasteless jokes. Yep. Um, he adds a little bit of comedic, yeah. He, but early his, on, but then he it kind of tailors because because that's early when she is just coming in, right? And then he kind of wanders away because I think it's the the rest of the movie's too heavy. So they so so he kind of just kind of tapers off because now she's into the. It's not funny anymore. No, and nothing is. It's not that he's off doing something else now. Right. And I think it kind of it's I mean, that's the way this movie works, is that the villains we 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 see very we see very little of them. But when we do initially, we see the corrupt police officer um, yep. who's humanized. But, you know, because he, he's his son just wants to play soccer and he just wants his dad to watch him play soccer. And then we see when this cartel leader finds out about his what happened to his brother. Um, he's outside on the deck watching his kids play in this beautiful pool. So we don't get like these evil, sinister people like in a dark lair, like, no. oh, we got to get Batman kind of thing. It's more it's so human. Yep. And that's what works to this movie's credit. And the fact that everything is so vague and broad as far as what exactly are our objectives here and who is on the team, who's not on the team, who comes and goes, is that I think that's just the nature of what a real 
kind of group would be like. Like you would have people coming and going because people would be like, this is not what I signed up for. I'm out. Right. You know, you would have people coming and go. You'd have you'd have someone that would be called in just for like, we need help getting this guy over the border. Other than that, this guy pieces out. He's got other work to do. It's so natural and yep. it's so unnatural because it's not something that i mean if you're listening to us the chances are you're not in a drug cartel or nor are you working border patrol so it's very unnatural but at the same time the characters feel natural and i think the fact that they don't really put a big face or a big name on any of these villains is because once you get one of these cartel leaders there's a half a dozen others waiting to spring up it's it's like that game at the fair where you hit the um, whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole. Thank you. Yes. It's like whack-a-mole. Once you hit one mole, th- there's going to be two or three popping up. It's an endless kind of thing. So to not really put faces on these these villains and just to kind of have them spoke about in very generic terms, it it's just because that's the nature of what these people are dealing with when they're trying to battle these cartels. It's yeah. never it, it's never going to be like it wasn't like with World War Two that if we got Hitler, that's it. That's end yeah. of the war. This is we get one cartel leader. That's fine. There's still dozens. There's still dozens that are there and there are dozens, dozens growing by the day. So, you know, it's kind of. No, the uh, the thing I like, the, the, the thing I like is really the story of this film is there, there's nothing really special about this tale i mean it's been told before it'll be told again yeah but it's the performances that we get out of our three leads that really sells it um i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And again, Taylor Sheridan, yeah, to come out of the gate with this is ridiculous. But, (sighs) you know, it's uh, he... Uh, everyone is humanized even you know even the villains are humanized as you -hmm. you said so it it is this big huge interpersonal drama you know you know and on on the american side really it's it's almost a workplace drama yeah uh you know and then you know and then you have this crime drama going on um but yeah but it is all it every because everything boils down to the people in the situations um brolin revels in his Emily Blunt does not necessarily revel in her role in that Del Toro lives for his role, which is not really understood until the end. And the thing is this, there there are parts of this movie that could very easily, um, you could villainize 
Roland in Del Toro. I'm thinking of the scene with John Bernthal, um, the corrupt cop who seduces Emily Blunt. And then oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still not sure exactly how she figured it out, but, um, you know, she knows something's wrong and, you know, they, they battle and he's about to kill her. He's choking her out and Benicio Del Toro shows up. But he, she says, you used me as bait. And they go, no, you used yourself as bait. And then previously, because this goes back to the scene with the bank where they they busted. There's this it, there's also this weird financial thing going on with how the cartel has all this cash going in and that they deposit $9,000 into this account, but it's not really an account. It's actually like a line of credit. So it never shows up as cash. Yeah. It's a whole forensic accounting thing going on. Yeah. But, um, he tells her, don't go in the bank. Don't go in the bank. And there's a scene where she goes in, she's talking to the banking people and you could see it. Then it pulls back and you see security camera footage of her in the bank. Cause now she's associated with the case. She right. put a target on herself, yeah. And it could have been very easy to, you know, you could have dropped that little plot line and just have used uh, Brolin and Del Toro using her as bait for someone. But no, it turns out that they were actually, they, they had her back. And if it wasn't, you know, if they weren't watching it, if they didn't know exactly what was going to happen, she could have ended up a casualty of this war. So, I mean, there's so many brilliant little things throughout the screenplay. And that's kind of... That's why this is the kind of movie that um, I've rewatched. I've rewatched all of Denis' movies multiple times. Specifically, uh, Prisoners was one that I needed to take a break after watching because it's so intense. Um, yeah. But I rewatched just because of the again the performances that he gets out of these actors are kind of against type too. Um, um, but then Enemy was one, again, it kind of helped. It was only in an hour and a half. But after yeah. watching Enemy, I immediately started rewatching. I was like, I'm missing something here. Yeah. Um, but Sicario is great because I, there's just, I mean, it, like you said, it could have been just another generic war on drugs movie. But there's something about the way these characters are developed and their the just the language and their backstories or lack of backstory that you can only infer is just something that I, I mean, it's just yeah. a great matching of a great screenwriter and a great director kind of at yeah. like the height of their, their, I mean, well, and then, not even and then, the height, then the ridiculous of, performances is, I mean, it's nuts. It's just it, 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 the perfect confluence. Right. Uh, and, and, so, you know, so I was watching when I was watching, I was, you know, I was like, it, it is kind of and even when I got to the end, I'm like, well, it's it's kind of pretty standard crime fair. But the fact that I was still sitting there thinking about it and I was like, OK, why am I still worried about this? It's like, oh, it's because, you know, because because of all the, the character interplay um, that that is real, it, it, it feels real. It feels authentic um, when you know, when she feels used, you feel it. When you know, when Brolin feels justified, you feel it. At the end, when Del Toro is doing what he's doing, you're like, Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you know, it's like, I thought that makes perfect sense. I'm rock on, my, my brother, right? So, well, you know, it's just it, it's just one of those things where, like, yeah, it's just it's because it's so well done that it elevates 
what is a really good script. Um, right. so, yeah. And I think we, you, you could say that about a lot of uh, Denise movies. Um, you know, something like Arrival. Based is, on a short story. I'm sorry? Based on a short story. Right. Short I mean, story he, and stretched it out. He he's capable of elevating this kind of material um, where a movie where, you know, aliens and humans are learning to interact and communicate with each other on paper sounds very boring. Oh, I to know, me. right? This shouldn't work. What <laughs> but, are you doing? Well, we're teaching we're teaching aliens English. There's something about his his style of filmmaking and his casting is always like he's always casted his movies even if I don't necessarily like the movies, they're cast so well yeah, that you can't help but kind of get invested in these characters. So, I mean, just... Yeah, greater than the sum of its parts. Right. And, and that, um, that comes down to the director. Um, I mean, I, 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 don't, I can't tell you how many movies I watch that are, uh, that are less than the sum of their parts. And, I, and, and an amazing number that are exactly the sum of their parts. And you're like, well, that was perfectly adequate. Adequate, right. It's, it's like, I guess, sure. I watched one last night that I can't talk about yet. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to lump it into that yet. It might be slightly <laughs> better than that, but it might be exactly the sum of its parts. Um, it, it, as in adequate. So, but no, this, yeah, he tends to elevate, uh, elevate his films. Yeah. And um, again, I kind of want to like I kind of want to watch some interviews with like Taylor Sheridan to like where he he, like just where he's come up with like the his ideas, because everything like a lot of his movies are very crime based. You know, Hell or High Water is a great, great movie about uh, brothers. It's a family drama. Yeah. Um, And then Wind River, as far as a, a murder investigation on a Native American Murder investigation on a Native American reservation, um, yeah, is just it, that's that's and and I think that was the first one that he directed and it's a beautiful mm-hmm. that's a great movie for people that haven't seen I think a lot mm-hmm. of people have seen Hell or High Water because um, that got a lot I mean rightfully so got a lot of hype for it. its amazing performances um, Jeff Bridges you know just. Knocking it out of the park. Chris Pine, Ben Fox. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It it does not suck in the cast department. Uh, Yeah. No, uh, actually, uh, uh, Taylor Sheridan, they did a piece on him 60, not 60 minutes, Sunday, CBS Sunday morning, I think. They did a whole thing with him talking about how he got into writing. He was a cowboy and something, one of his, he somehow, he, he, he like did something. He helped a friend out doing something. He's like, you know, you can make money at this. He's like, what? <laughs> it's way easier than, than, you know, riding Broncos or whatnot. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, it was a really cool piece and you could probably find it online. I believe it was CBS Sunday morning. So if you look that up and look, you know, Taylor Sheridan, you probably find that piece. It's, it's a very interesting piece. So if you're interested in that, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up because his style of writing is is so unique. His perspectives on these kind of things. Yeah, you talk I, about that a lot. I, I I wonder too. I maybe you could. Did he? Does he have like Native American ancestry? I don't recall hearing it. If it was, it wasn't something that they stressed. Okay, I just wonder because of Wind River, the way it seems like a very personal movie. 
uh, Wind River, but we're talking about Sicario, uh, which I'm sure they are talking about Sicario, um, uh, which he wrote uh, and wrote well. Brilliant. And like you said, the cinematography in this movie is amazing. The overhead shot, like the shot of them get stuck in a traffic jam. Like the whole time it's this, um, they On have the bridge, the, right? Yeah. They have the cartels, uh, cartel leader's brother, and they're transporting him across the border and everything's going pretty smoothly until they hit this bridge. And then the bridge, yep. The, the border bridge, well, instead of saying that there's a traffic jam, like they yeah, just pulls out. back in that huge overhead shot. And it's just car after like miles of cars, not moving. And you're yep. just, you like, that's, that's good filmmaking. That's good storytelling. Cause that ratchets up the tension. Like, yep. You know, well, and then you see they're looking at cars. They're looking at this car. They're looking at that car. They're looking at the other car, just out the windows on the sides and everything else. So yeah, the the tension building is really well done. He's really good at that too, uh, with the way he frames a scene. Yeah, um, and so yeah, it's 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 very rewarding to watch that and sit there and be, you know, you're you're nervous. You're as anxious as the people in the in the car. And um, if you've ever wanted to visit Mexico, re- a real, real Mexico and not like a resort, just watch the scene in Juarez of, right? and watch Emily Blunt's reaction to like what life in Juarez is like and watch the scene where there are bodies hanging from hanging upside down, yeah. mutilated like the Predator straight up showed up. Right. In the, that's immediately what I thought. I was like, that's right out of the Predator. And I was like. But you know what? That's I mean, unfortunately, if you you read the news and like you check things out, that's the reality of the situation. This isn't like a sci-fi horror movie. This is the real horrors of what the drug war does and what these cartels do. Yep. <sighs> Power, it's, powerful it's, stuff. It is. It's it's, it's so incredible. Uh, so I'm glad you picked it uh, out oh. of these stack of films. <laughs> I'm I, like I said, this is a treat because I don't generally get to talk about more recent movies, and I do do a segment of about movies that I think are going to be future cult classics. And um, right. Sicario wasn't one of them, although I will say that I think Enemy has cult potential because yeah. I think that's the yeah. kind of movie that people will rediscover over the years through word of mouth. And again, I can't hype that movie enough. It's a movie that I'm almost afraid to show people because I think most people. <laughs> if most you, yeah, I mean, if you could show them everything but the last sixty seconds, yeah, I think they, I think they, I, I think most people could hang. Right, that last like sixty seconds. It's, that's where you're going to lose people. That's the thing. But but talk about a great ending. This movie, I mean. I don't want to say it ends with a whimper and not a bang because there's no big, I mean, the big shootout has already happened, but the last scene of this movie is a very intense conversation between Emily Blunt and Benicio del Toro, where he basically says, I need you to sign this piece of paper. Yeah. And this piece of paper is saying that everything that we did for this operation was above board was we did it by By the the book. By the book, and you, it's so just the tension between these two because it's it's not sexual tension. It's very much, and it it is addressed that Benicio sees his daughter in Emily Blunt, 
and it, yeah. it's mentioned a couple times. He, re- he said, you remind me of the girl that they took away. Um, he says stuff like, you look like a little girl when you're scared. And just like, it's yeah. so intimidating. And you know, you he's got a gun out the entire time. Yep. And there's a scene, there's actually a part where he holds up the gun right under her, you know, her, yep. her neck right there, right under the throat, against the throat. And it's so intense. He's like, I need you to sign this. She goes, I can't. And he goes, that would be a bit. I think he said that would be suicide. And I think it's pretty much like if you don't sign this paper, we're going to find someone to forge your signature and no one's going to ever hear from you again. Like that's yep. kind of the power that <laughs> that these operatives have. You know, they yep. work for the government, but they're almost beyond the government. They're not yeah, necessarily yes, above the government. They're like on a whole different level. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's, that's that's what I love. I love films with that kind of aspect to it. And then when he, at the after that, when he's walking away from her apartment. That and she's last. standing on the balcony. balcony with the yeah. And he just looks at her like You could. You could. But then you'd have to explain it. And so yeah, you're left with that. But yeah, it's 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 really it's really a fascinating piece. Uh and I'm glad I'm glad you made me watch it finally. <laughs> I'm glad that you finally watched it. Um, I, know, right? the, I have to track uh, down the second. Yeah, they make a great companion piece. Again, if you like um I think what's missing is that you don't have this like em, like I said, e- Emily Blunt is kind of our like our access into this right. movie, so we we are we kind of go along for the ride with her. That's kind of missing in the second one, but mm. there's enough of a good story there. And there's, I mean, again, you've got Josh Brolin and Benicio del Toro. Again, Emily Blunt knocked it out of the park. She's fantastic, but yeah. again, these movies ride and die by del toro's performances he's so good at being so intimidating and so scary but there's something like he's got this charm and this kind of look this eye he'll give you a look with like one eye that you're just like there's something about him he's just uh just great performances um yeah and other than the chewing gum by josh brolin he (laughs) right he's yeah he's good too um real quick uh before I, I let you plug uh, CFC, sure. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw, throw a movie out and let and you tell me if you think it's going to be a cult classic or a mainstream classic. Okay. Evil dead rise. Coming soon. You know, like, apparently soon, soon, right. HBO max. That's what they tell. Some people are already saying, yeah, you really need to release that in theaters. So I, hopefully they'll give it a limited run. I'll go see it. If they put should. it on. They should. You need. That's the kind of movie you want to see on the big screen. Right. A, a good old fact. It's going to be. I'm gonna to have to go cult because Evil Dead has never been a mainstream thing. It's. It's like the biggest. It's like the most mainstream cult series out there. It seems like everyone knows it. Right. Everyone knows it. No one. No one ever. It's not name dropped a lot unless someone does it first. No. And then it, everyone's in. But, but then again, I also say that there are some movies that started out small, became cult movies, and then eclipsed cult status. And the the, the biggest um, example of that I can say is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's one of those things that I can I, I've 
I'm willing to bet vital parts of my anatomy that neither of my parents have seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but they are more than familiar with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And not only that, are familiar kind of with the midnight screening kind of thing that goes along with it. So something like Evil Dead is close to eclipsing cult status, I think. Um, but I don't think it's ever going to be main mainstream kind of stuff. But I, I'd love to be surprised. I really I know, would. Right? So, what do you think? How do you think the movie's going to be? What's your hope? You hoping it's good? I, I am cautiously optimistic um, because I, again, I would immediately said eh, it's not going to be as good as the other ones, or la 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 la, because that's kind of the feeling I had with 2013. And then I saw the 2013 one, and I was like. Okay, these guys good. get it. They're they're going back to the roots. They're they're no more goofy humor. This is a real horror movie, and that's kind of the the beauty and the genius of Evil Dead is that it can be, it can be all those kinds of things. It could be a very dark, straightforward, no nonsense, bleak horror movie that'll yep. scare your pants off and have more you know, blood and gore in it, then you're, you're probably ready for, but then it can also be something like army of darkness or Ash versus the evil dead, which is a great kind of marriage of the two. So, I mean, that's the, that's just like the genius of Sam Raimi. And I know that unlike certain times when I see like, uh, Wes Craven presents a remake of one of his movies or John Carpenter has his name right. slapped on as an executive producer for like the fog remake that was completely unnecessary. I know that right. Sam Raimi is so passionate about the franchise and the series that he is so careful about who he's letting play in his little his his playground. You know, yeah, he's not going to just let that. any Tom, Dick or Harry come in and, and mess with it. So I I. I think that we're in for a treat with Evil um, Dead Rise. I think uh, I don't have the director's name at at hand, uh, but I saw he's an Irish director. He did a, a horror film that I saw a couple years ago. The guy that's doing Evil, Evil Dead Rise, and I apologize for not remembering his name off the top of my head. Um, what about you? Are you? What are your? Do you think it's going to be another? Uh, 2013 or you think it's going to be I think it's going to get the same reception which is sad because I thought 2013 was I it, it did what it needed to do it is an evil dead movie that doesn't it doesn't it didn't pander to the the original evil deadites no um so and I think this one like I said or like you know like you said Raimi is is involved you know he throws it they chose the director uh so, uh, and like I said, I saw his other film and it creepy as balls, dude. Okay. Uh, if you look it up, find that movie, watch just creepy as balls. Uh, so if he brings that energy to, to evil dead rise, I'll, I will be a happy camper as an evil dead fan. Because uh, I think, I mean, that's again, the, the beauty and the genius of evil dead is if you're invited into this very exclusive camp and Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are going to let you in on the evil dead franchise. I yep. think you, you want to, you want to hit a grand slam like Fede yeah. Alvarez probably did. Yeah. He was probably giddy as a kid on Christmas morning when he found out he he's getting to do that. He was that he, yeah, that he was allowed that they bought it. And he's like, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, okay. So we, we've tangented out to evil dead from, from Sicario, two vastly different films. Right. Um, real quick, Chris, uh, tell everyone where they can, can, can find you out oh. there in the wide world. So 
luckily enough, I chose a title, the Cult Film Companion Podcast. If you Google Cult Film Companion, we will be the first thing that comes up. Also, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Cult Film Comp, C-U-L-T-F-I-L-M-C-O-M-P. We're on all the major podcast platforms. I'm very active on Twitter and Instagram. But again, uh, I kind of lucked out. So now that if you Google Cult Film Companion, you don't even have to put in podcast, just Cult Film Companion. Um, Other than there's a Japanese one that covers like manga and like obscure Japanese movies. That was the original Japanese cult film companion. Other than that, I'm the, I'm the only game in town. So, uh, I kind of like, you should hunt them down and do a con, uh, do a collab. I don't think they're active anymore. It's like from the nineties. And again, I, I, I need to, uh, Work on my Japanese. It's not. No, that's true. We probably need to do it's that. Weak. Do it all through yeah, Google Translate. It's fine. It'll be hilarious. It'll right, be great, right. The longest editing session ever. Right. <laughs> so um, great. Uh, I encourage everyone to go over and uh, listen to you over there at the Cult Film Companion. Um, follow you on Twitter. Follow the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast on Twitter as well. That would be incredibly helpful. We are at VS Movie Podcast. Uh, we're on YouTube. If you're watching this at Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. Um, yeah. And, uh, good stuff. Uh, just as an aside, I've got like six different things I have to do for every one of these episodes now, because I have to write them up. If I get to, if, if, if I see a movie, I have to write it up. Hopefully I get to write it up. If I don't just get to talk about it or do a video about it, because I have to have stuff. It's crazy. So I, I, I almost, everything I do now is not in one spot. It's if I write it, it's on the website. Right. If I record it, it's anywhere you want to listen to podcasts because the feed is out there. Right. Uh, if it's a video, it's only on YouTube and hopefully I can tag it on the website. It's like, Oh my God, it's such a mess, <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to get everything back to where I'm in one, where everything winds up together, where you can get to everything from one spot, but everything eventually e- gets, everything eventually gets tagged on, on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to actually, I'll, I'll just break the news here. I'm going to start, I'm doing a written component to the cult film companion. That's going to be up on a, two different websites at the very least so i gotta get like you said i gotta get all my uh, all my ducks are not in a row all my ducks no, are wandering. all my I'm, ducks I'm, are wandering aimlessly yeah I, it's that's that's why I'm, I'm having to write more because i i've done this long enough and i'm i'm very grateful and, and this is the first time i think i've said it out loud uh i just made it into the utah film critics association congratulations so, that's awesome thank you. uh but what that entails now is between all the screeners that come through my inbox, I'm getting more in-person screeners. I'm going to get uh, awards consideration garbage come end of the year. And it's like, oh, why did I bite? Did I finally bite off more than I can chew? So now it's like, I have to actually write more reviews and not just talk about them with Ryan. It's like, oh no, I actually have to write them all up. So it's like, yeah, that's a lot of time. And again, not my day job. No, mine (laughs) either. Um, yeah, so like, but I, 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 so we be careful what you wish for. You kind of, you, I know, you, right? <laughs> so, so for those of you that listen, watch, and or read either of us at this point, we appreciate it. We do. Uh, help us out with the follows, the likes, the reviews. Um, that is all incredibly helpful to maybe help us not have it be not our day jobs at some point down the road. Uh, but I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can physically do it because I love it. I yeah. love movies so much. Me too. I'm talking about them. It's just, it's just a blast. You can learn so much. You can feel so much. You can experience so much. Uh, and they often, though not always, bring a sense of community to those who do watch them. So especially cult films. They do. Sometimes the more niche, the more niche the cult film, 
the tighter the community. Absolutely. Uh, if yeah, if you ever meet another fellow Evil Dead fan, like you gotta, you've got, you just like you, instant friendship because yep. the sense of humor is there. Just like the kind of just there's just a, a it's, there's there's Evil Dead people, there's Python people, right? Uh, you know, there's yeah, you'll find you find your tribe as if you will in in the cult world, and yeah, and you will have friends for life that you may never see again but you will see on twitter or wherever and they will be your bestest friend uh and you can always drop a meme that they will appreciate so uh right. chris thank you so much again for coming on my pleasure uh, and talking sicario uh we will do this again absolutely in one direction or another we'll see sure. how that turns out uh you are always welcome here uh, thank you if you see a recent movie that you don't feel like one you want on your thing give me a give me a shout we'll see if we see if i've see if i've watched it and we'll talk about it so um i saw have else. you seen red rocket at just out of the blue just a random yes i saw red rocket okay there's nothing redeeming about that movie there's <laughs> nothing redeeming about that movie at what about all. pig pig is fucking spectacular pig is spectacular and um, the most spectacular part of pig is his monologue in the restaurant to the chef that brilliant. is the single greatest that is the scene that should remind everyone that oh yeah nicholas cage can win a fucking oscar <laughs> that is the scene where you're like oh yeah that guy can act he's not just a lunatic running around screaming on on screen yeah that's th- that's the perfect it's the perfect non nicholas cage movie well it's the perfect nicholas cage movie to show to non-nicholas cage fans yes because you don't get anything typical from a nicholas cage performance i'm just random i'm trying to think of the more recent movies that i saw pig i i i I absolutely pig just blew me away um as a nicholas cage fan i was just like i can appreciate when he's chewing the scenery and being over the top but to see something like Pig that is so subdued, and like you said, that monologue for everyone that's seen, they, they know the scene. Oh yeah, um, what do you want to do? Brilliant screenwriting, brilliant. Uh, did screenwriting. you see the unbearable weight of massive talent? That one I haven't seen yet. Um, that that's that one I need to see. Um, that is also good. It's no Pig. But what? But what uh, you know? I, I know after Pig it's tough, but Pedro Pascal is also excellent in that one. So oh, excellent. Uh, that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, wow. Now we've, let's say we went from Sicario to <laughs> Evil Dead to Nicolas Cage. And was, on that note, yes, let's go ahead and wrap it up. All right. Uh, thanks again, everyone out there. Follow the cult film companion on Twitter. Uh, follow the visually stunning movie podcast and anywhere I am, that would be lovely as well. So until uh, next time, Chris, thanks again. We will talk to everyone out there. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.